Dash podcast with Pastor Rick Hill, Senior Pastor of Grace Community Church in Rawls, New Mexico. I'm Marie Manning. What an honor it is to have you join us today. Our goal at Living Your Dash is to better help you connect the dots of discipleship so that you can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Let's join Rick and Sean with this week's podcast. Thank you, Marie, and thank you everyone for joining us here on the Living Your Dash podcast. Rick, welcome to the coldest day so far in 2024. Sean, when I got up this morning, it was a balmy seven degrees in my car. Oh man, okay, that's that was worse than me. So it was uh, nine degrees <laughs> where I was at. So I was much warmer, much warmer. So anyway, folks, we hope that you're warm out there today. Hopefully the weather's gotten a little bit better. Uh, you might actually, you know what? There are people that are in other nations that are actually listening to this podcast. So we would love to send, have you send us an email. I would love to know who you are. So uh, let us know. Okay? We'd love it. We'd yeah. love it. Thank you for joining us. That's right. For, especially on this red letter edition challenge. It, it, it's, you know, this series was designed to immerse ourselves in the teachings uh, of our Lord Jesus. And, and this week's focus uh, was on, on the major themes is on being uh, does that mean being like Jesus? Is that what this is all about? No, uh, not initially. And it's very hmm. important that we, we don't get the cart before the horse. Okay. This, this uh, part of the series is on being with Jesus. The importance of being hmm. still, spending time with Jesus, uh, reading his words, yeah. listening to his words, praying, not just talking, but listening, just that, the be still and know that I'm God, because what we're going to learn in this series, and it really came out in in, in this particular uh, message, being with Jesus leads to being like Jesus. Mm -hmm. If you want to be like Jesus, uh, it doesn't start with work. It doesn't start with effort. It doesn't start with grit your teeth and get it done. Yeah. No, the way you the way you be like Jesus is you start by being with Jesus. And when you spend time with Jesus, spend time in his word, you you honestly, in, in a very practical way, you learn how Jesus reacts and responds to different circumstances in life. Yeah. To conflict, to opposition, to difficult days, difficult people. You say, okay, I want to be like Jesus. Well, spend time with Jesus. Yeah. And, and let him... Let him be in you and, yeah. and be connected with you. And that's what this message is all about. There, there is that special quality of knowing that, oh, Jesus wants us to follow him. Uh, he, obviously, it's like, hey, any volunteers out there? Um, and uh, we want to respond because he's God and we, we want to do that. But, you know, while you were just saying that, it made me think of, we hear this common phrase, show me your friends and I'll show you your destiny. Right. Absolutely. And so when I think about, oh, wait a minute, does that is does the same apply to who who Jesus is when he invites us? In fact, that's kind of the special thing is that where on earth are there? I hate to put it this way, but it's the best description. It's a general description. Where on on earth are you going to find other world religions where the person is saying, hey, I want you to I'm going to be I want to be your friend forever. Yeah, let's spend time together. Yeah, I don't know any other that says, I want to be your friend forever. Do you think it's any accident that Jesus called 12 guys, and what is the first thing he does? He said, "He said, I want you just to spend time with me. <laughs> yeah. Really, when you yeah. look at the public ministry of Jesus, 
most of it was Jesus trying to get away from the crowds and spend time (laughs) with 12 guys. It's like, I want you to be with me. Why? When you... If you will be with Jesus, you will end up being like Like Jesus. Yeah, yeah. All right. So being with Jesus, I mean, that's a fundamental tenet of Christianity. You know, I was thinking about this. Christians actually believe. I guess we almost have to think like, let's think like like we've never heard the gospel before. Christians actually believe that the risen Lord Jesus carries on an actual personal relationship with us in space-time. And so... This is not meant to be a metaphor, is it, Rick? I mean, Absolutely not. No figure of speech. We, we don't believe he stands as some kind of symbol or ideal. Believers in Jesus actually believe he is present with us. He's right here with us in this room. Um, that may sound preposterous to a materialist. Why do Christians believe that? Well, Sean, actually, it is preposterous. <laughs> Think about it. It is preposterous it is. that the creator of the universe yeah. would desire... A relationship with us. Yeah. But it may be preposterous, but it is absolutely true. It's the scandal of the gospel. Yeah. That the it, it's the miracle of the incarnation. We just celebrated uh, at, at Christmas. Yeah. That the word became flesh and dwelt where? Among oh, us. Yes. He came to be with us. Absolutely preposterous that a God would want to come down and and, and spend time and to be with his creation. Yeah. And that is, that's the message of the gospel. Uh, Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah. The promise from Genesis to Revelation, I will never leave you or forsake you. Yeah. He is here. He's with us. It's very real. Uh, he may be invisible, but he is very <laughs> present. Absolutely. And I, I suppose that if you are not a believer listening to this, it, it just must be the strangest thing. But for me, I mean, I just, there's emotion that dwells up within me. Just as you're just talking about that, I know his presence. You cannot not tell me that he doesn't exist. I mean, it just can't happen. And uh, so I guess that is the evidence of, of the Holy Spirit, right, in my life? And Absolutely. The great, the great promise of the new covenant is I will forgive your sin. Yes. And my spirit will come to live in you. Yeah. So, Jesus comes to live with us in the presence of his Holy Spirit. Yeah. What a promise. Yeah. I guess some people might say, well, all, all you're looking at is just some brainwashing, you know, of just, you, you just want to believe it's so bad that, that, uh, that that's what happens. I'm thinking, well, that may be true, but if it, if it is, it's the best one they did because yeah. it's uh, two thirds of the world. <laughs> Yeah, when you realize that billions and billions of people have found this to be true. Yes. That it's the try it, you'll like it philosophy. (laughs) Yeah. So when you try it, you like it because you realize that it is the most real thing. It is more real than anything. Yeah. Just because something is invisible doesn't mean it's not real. That's right. And Jesus may be invisible to the naked eye. But he is, he's very real. He, Sean, he is more real than this desk in front of me, That's than right. the chair you're sitting in. Yeah. Uh, he is true, genuine reality. Woof, wow, just love this. All right, so a Christian who is nominal, right, in name only, and they don't pray or seek his direction or read his words. What kind of Christian is that then? The word comes to me as deficient. Yeah. There is a deficiency there that that nominal Christian is not aware of. 
that Christian is missing out yeah. on the the dynamic of Christian living. It, it, John, it reminds me, it, it would be like a light bulb that's not screwed into the socket. Mm. It's, it's a light bulb, but it's missing the source of power. Yes. And it's the old, it's the, really the difference between religion and relationship. Yeah. Religion is all about external, going through the motions, what I do. Relationship is getting my life screwed into the power source, making that connection. And that's yeah. what this week is all about, being with Jesus. Making that connection will make all the difference in the world. So this is why it's uh, uh, the red letter edition, the first tenet is not, it's not religion, it's not rule, it is being. Yeah, it's being not doing, you. it's being. Yes, yes, not doing, but being. Okay, so we're, we're going to go on this wonderful fact that Jesus is alive, he continues to call his disciples, uh, and a dis- disciple means a follower or a learner. This aspect of learning from Christ himself is more than just following after the teachings of another dead person, right? I mean, there are people who, for instance, consider themselves Stoics because they follow most or some of the teachings of, and I didn't know this until I looked it up, uh, Zeno of Citium. Christians are different, right? Very different. And the difference is this key word. It's connection. It is being with Jesus. That you don't, you're not connecting to a philosophy. You're not connecting even to a teaching. And here we are, we're talking about the red letter words of Jesus. But that's actually, that's the, that's the byproduct. Yes. Uh, The, the product is a personal living relationship where the creator of the universe comes to live in you to love you, to teach you, to convict you, support you, guide you, uh, give you wisdom for, for every day. Yeah. That's the difference. And it is, it's all the difference in the world. We're not talking about a religion. It is a relationship. As, as you were talking, I, I thought about the fact that the Lord Jesus loved to use parables. I mean, he, obviously he did say, okay, if you have a cloak... Uh, you have two cloaks. Well, why don't you give it to someone who, who needs it? Uh, or forgive, mm-hmm. even as I'm forgiving you. Uh, that In fact, you're not going to be forgiven by the Father if you hold withhold forgiveness from somebody else. But he, he loved to teach in parables, and he didn't really actually give the interpretation. He just said something like, if you've got ears, listen. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And it's like it makes you want to follow him more to say, whoa, what? Okay, wait. A, I got to spend more time with him because I got to find out what he means by this. Yeah, well, I was reading something this week, and uh, talking about parable. I, I maybe I had known this, but I forgot it. The word parable, para, means alongside. Yes. And bola means to throw, throw. to throw down. So what Jesus does is he, as you're walking along with Jesus, he throws down this story oh. right in the middle of your life. Yeah. And he, he, he just, he throws it down alongside where you're living and then walks away and says, you figure it out. And that's the, the genius of a parable is it makes you think. Yeah. And you, okay, I, I hear the red letter parable of Jesus. Yeah. He throws it down right in the middle of my life. Where am I walking right now? And what does this story say to me? 
Yeah. Pow- well, that's, powerful. That's beautiful. I love that. And, mm. and of course, it makes me want to chase after him. Sure. It makes me want to say, Lord, I want more. Yeah. Tell me more. Um, so, okay, let's go back to your message. And I always say this, and I always forget it until right now. Folks, if you haven't listened to the message, you've got to go to roswellgrace.com and look for watch or just look at the main page. Just click on that. You'll see the video. But anyway, um, a follower of Jesus, this is, you began with this, a follower of Jesus is a daily follower who spends time with Jesus, like Mary and Martha, in the passage that you mentioned in Luke uh, 10 uh, or something like that. I don't remember. Anyway, it is being with Jesus, uh, right? Yeah, the story yeah. is just such a beautiful illustration of what we're talking about. Jesus comes to the home of Mary and Martha, and these two women respond to Jesus in very different ways. Martha is the busy person. Yeah. And she's busy preparing this, preparing that, making sure everything. She's the, the hostess with the mostess, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Martha sits at the feet of Jesus while he's teaching. And, you know, Martha kind of gets upset. Jesus, make my sister help out. Yeah. And Jesus gently rebukes her. And the bottom line is, he says, Martha, you're you're busy doing things for me, but Mary is busy being with me. And, And Mary, he says, has chosen the better thing. Yeah. Sean, we have to remember that doing for Jesus is the byproduct of being with Jesus. Yeah. You don't start by doing, you start by being. That's, that's a challenge for many people, and I'm talking about myself, because <laughs> Me I'm a doer. When I get to my office, I look at my calendar, and what do I see? You need to do this, do this, do this, do this. I have to remind myself, okay, Rick, before you start your day, spend some time being yes. with Jesus. Yeah. Just open your Bible. Spend some time reading, spend some time praying. And that's why the spiritual habits, the spiritual disciplines, Sean, are so important. What are spiritual disciplines all about? Doing? No. It's about being. Being, yes. Spend the time with being. Make that connection first. Okay, so, you know, it, it's, so here it's, it's not Rick Hale, not a denomination, not the Pope, but it's Jesus who said, and, and then what he said, remain in me and I will remain in you. So our Lord used a, a natural metaphor, the vine. Can you tell us how, how does this work in this whole being business? Yeah, one of the things I learned in Bible study is always look for repeating words and phrases. So as you read John 15, if you look for repeating words and phrases, 11 times you will hear this word, the Greek word meno, yeah. and it means to abide. Yes. Remain. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Abide in me, I will abide in you. What is Jesus saying? And why does he say it 11 times? And remember, John 15, these are red-letter words of Jesus to the disciples in the upper room. Yeah. These are the last-minute instructions. These are the whatever you do, don't forget this. Yeah. So what does he say? Don't forget to remain in me. Life only happens when we're connected to the vine. He, he is the vine, we're the branches. If I, as a bran- if I am not connected to the vine, I die. Yeah. The perfect metaphor from nature. Yeah. You cut off a branch, it will die. Yeah. It may last for a little bit, it may look green on the outside, but it will die. It will never produce fruit. Yeah. It won't, it can't, because the life flow has to come from the vine through the branch. Okay, why, why is this dynamically 
applicable. What I mean is that a, a person can be a fresh believer in just seconds old, right? Uh, but all or a very old believer who's ninety nine and just about to drop dead. Yeah, whether you're a new branch or an old branch, connection to the vine is the secret. It's the the key to life. And Sean, sometimes I'm glad you brought this up because sometimes when we are an old branch we forget about the fundamentals. Yeah. We can move away from what what is it all about? It's really about staying connected to the vine. Yeah. You know, Sean, they have done survey after survey of of pastors and church leaders who have who have drifted away, yeah. who've gotten themselves into trouble, uh-huh. uh, who've lost their reputation and lost their ministry. You know, one of the when they question these people in honest moments one of the things they learned is, they said, how did it happen? Go back. How did you start drifting away from God's call in your life? Person after person has said, I, I stopped having a quiet time with Jesus. Ooh. I, I, I stopped having that. De- I got busy doing and I forgot the being. Yeah. Isn't that tragic? It but is. person after person will tell you. And I can tell you in my own life. Whenever I feel myself drifting, I can go back and say, okay, why, why am I anxious? Why am I getting worried? Why am I you know, kind of feeling my temper, you know, my anger come up? What's going on? Invariably, Sean, it's, uh, well, when's the last time you spent a little time with Jesus? Yeah. No, I've been too busy doing, and I haven't been busy being with Jesus. Do you think that's the, um, the tactic of our enemy? Satan, oh, oh, absolutely. Uh, to get us to uh, have that kind of, of self, uh, self-confidence. self Oh, it's if like, I were oh, Satan, all about that. if I were Satan or his strategic advisor, that would be not my number one thing. We've got to get people disconnected from Jesus. Now, yeah. we're not going to tell them. <laughs> we're not going to tell them. We'll, we'll pretend like they're still connected. But what we want to do is we want to get them very busy doing yeah, we want to we want to fill their calendar with activity, even good things. Yeah, the but the the one thing we don't want we don't want them spending time with Jesus. So you're not saying that the activities are bad. Oh no, of course not. But you are saying, hey, there is a preeminently more important thing, and and of course going back to to Martha and Mary. I mean, yeah. somebody had to get the 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 hummus and the and the baba ganoush ready. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> but. Mary, at least at that moment, chose what she needed to do. Chose what was better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm going to skip that other question. Um, What an important and unavoidable part of being connected to him. And you just talked about pruning, right? So because Jesus said every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. That'll be even more fruitful. Can you describe what pruning means and why? Yes. And, you know, Sunday I, I used three examples of the kind of branches God prunes. Yeah. And it, and it also comes right out of horticulture. People who grow grapes will tell you there are three types of branches that must be, not optional, must be trimmed in order for genuine growth and healthy growth to happen. Mm. The, the first is dead branches, obviously. Right. And in our life, that's sinful behavior. Sinful yes. behavior must be removed. Uh, you, you can't say, I want to be like Jesus and then keep one foot in the world. So God wants to trim sinful behaviors out of our life. The second 
sucker shoots. People know what sucker shoots are. Usually they start right at the ground mm-hmm. and they, they, they're alive. They're, they, they're green. There's one problem. Sucker shoots will not produce fruit. Yeah. So you got, get, got to get rid of those. There's a lot of things, Sean, in our life that are, I call them unhealthy distractions. Mm-hmm. They're not sinful, but they just don't produce fruit. Yeah. You wasted time. How, how many of our hours every day are wasted hours because they're not they're not uh, designed to produce fruit. Yeah. And then the third one is the big surprise, healthy branches. A a, a vine dresser will tell you you have to you you can't keep all of the branches on the vine. You, even even healthy ones you have to trim. Why? Wow. You got to it's the good to better. Some things that may be good have to go yeah. in order for something better. Sean, I can tell you in my life, there ha- I've had relationships that have been good relationships. For example, when I was in college, I was engaged to be married to a good, godly Christian woman. Mm-hmm. And through divine providence, God separated us, and it was a very painful pruning. Ah. But guess what? God had something better. Yeah. And it was God pruned good because he had something better. Wow. God will do that with relationships, with jobs, with with careers, with opportunities, with uh, moving to a new location. Moving to a location to a new town can be painful. Yeah. But sometimes you're moving from a good to a better opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what is it that you said before? I mean, I think you were actually quoting somebody else, but you know, the enemy of great it's good. It's good. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, don't be yeah. satisfied with good. Let God trim good because he wants something better to grow in your life. So, Rick, there are good things that parents are doing, like taking their children to these sport opportunities that take them away from church on Sundays. Or mm-hmm. maybe there are um, uh, hobbies or things like that that take them away out of a small group opportunity or mm-hmm. uh, they can't and join into a ministry that they're really made for. Are those, those are good things, right? They're, they're not inherently sinful. They don't cause them to go like have a, um, an affair on their, their spouse or, or do drugs or get alcohol. But they're not the great. Yeah, I, I know some parents who their kids, you know, get in trouble and the parent will discipline the child. Okay, you're not going to go to youth group tonight at church. That's the punishment. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going, okay, punishing a child for disobedience is good. Yeah. But something better would be, um, you know, take away their cell phone. Right. You know? oh. uh, but don't punish them yeah. by something that is better. Yeah. For the, you're exactly right. There's a lot of, and a lot of those are sucker shoots. Yeah. We, we let our children control our calendars and their calendars, yeah. not with evil things, but sucker shoots. Things, I hate to break the news, but more than likely, your son will not be a NFL star. <laughs> I hate to break the news to you. So all of those hours and hours and hours that you pour into them, they're, they're, they're not evil, they're not sinful, yeah. but you got to be careful. They can distract. They can be unhealthy distractions. Uh, from something that God has better for your child. I remember a Christian coach t- telling this to his parents. And, and he was, I forget who he was, famous guy. And he was saying, 
the very same thing. It's like, you know, I hate to break it to you guys, but your kids are probably not Division One material. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says, I know I spoiled everybody here, but uh, <laughs> very few will sorry about this. But yeah, let me tell you the percentage. He went on to say the percentage of people that actually make it to Division One sports. Not not pro sports, but yeah. just Division One sports. Anyway, you know, the small group material talks about different spiritual disciplines, those practices that are meant to be done with the Lord uh, in, in being, such as praying, reading scripture, fasting, Sabbath. Are those... Are those how God prunes us as well? Yeah, God uses the spiritual disciplines, the spiritual habits. Why? Think about it. Those spiritual disciplines all have one thing in common. They provide a, a time and an atmosphere where God can communicate with us, uh, where God can, can show us areas where uh, we need to prune. Yeah. Maybe in that, in that time of Bible study, you'll be reading and God will say, hey, you need to get rid of these evil behaviors, these sinful behaviors. And you go, oh, whoa, the third one there, that's me. And so it's in that, that atmosphere of being with Jesus that God can communicate. He reveals things to us. Yeah. And again, we have to realize Jesus may be invisible, but he's very real. And he is speaking to us during those times of spiritual disciplines yeah now the, the bible actually doesn't say uh doesn't have like a little list right of now if you want to grow as a christian here's here are the top seven disciplines that you have to do it actually doesn't say that does it no but again when you when you spend time reading the red letters and say okay if i want to be like jesus how did he live yes well you say okay he got up early in the morning went off to pray a major decision is coming. You know, he's got to, for example, he's got to pick the 12 apostles. What does he do the night before? He spends all night in prayer. Then he selects. Major decision. So when you look at the example and the lifestyle of Jesus, you begin to see, I don't need a list. Yeah. I don't need a list of what to do. I, all I have to do is observe what did Jesus do. Yeah. Uh, and then if I want to be like him, then then I need to spend, so what does Jesus do? He spends time in prayer. He spends time fasting. He, he spends quality time with God, listening to God. So all of those things, all of those things, uh, we can make a list. Obviously, we can say prayer, Bible study, fasting, Sabbath. We can make a list, but it's more than just a mechanical list. Yeah. All of those are all about how can I enhance my personal relationship with being with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it, it does come become like a list of do's. And right. I think, I, I wonder if that's the genius of our master teacher, is that I'm not giving you a list of do's. I just want you to, as you said at the very offset, I just want you to follow me. Yeah. Watch me. Yeah. At the end of the sermon, I said, you know, God, first and foremost, created human beings, not human doings. <laughs> so we need to remember, first and foremost, I'm a human being. Yeah. I'm a being. And God wants to be with me, not just for me to do. So, as you know, because I depend on the, the intellect of others, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to read a quote by Dallas Willard and, and ask how what you think of it, okay? Uh, how, how does this relate to... This discipleship with Jesus and being with him. When he says, grace is not opposed to effort, but it is opposed to earning. What do you think about that? Uh, great question. Yeah, I mentioned Sunday. I actually have a grapevine 
in my backyard. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, I promise you, Sean, that I can go out on a spring day when, when it is starting to leaf out and then later when it's starting to produce grapes. I can get down real close to that vine and I will not hear that vine or that branch straining. I will not hear that branch going, <laughs> to produce fruit. No, no. How does it happen? Very simply, it stays connected to the vine. Mm. If I'm a branch on that grapevine and I want to produce grapes, what do I do? I, all I have to do is just stay connected to the vine. Yeah. The fruit will grow naturally. I love this quote from Dallas Willard. Grace is not opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. Mm. That branch is not going to, by its own effort, earn the fruit. Mm-hmm. So that at the end of the day, it cannot say, I deserve the fruit. Look what I earned. No, all the, all the branch is is simply the vehicle through which the life flows. I was reminded of that great verse in Ephesians 2.10, mm. where it says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Notice that. Yeah. We, we have to be in Christ in Jesus, yes. in that relationship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us in advance. Now think about that. Hmm. We can't even (laughs) brag about the good works that we thought we thought of. We didn't even (laughs) thunk them. God prepared them in advance. So what do we do? Our focus must be stay connected to Jesus Christ. I'm in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So so I'm God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Absolutely. He has fruit he wants me to produce. But... I don't think of the good works. I don't create the good works. All I do is stay connected to the vine. The life flow comes through me, and then God says, okay, now I'm going to connect you with this good work. Here's the fruit I want you to produce. Yeah, It's so different. It's not, it has nothing to do with effort. It has everything to do with being mm. connected. Yes. Wow. Such... It's such glorious mystery in that. You know, oh, it is. As, I'm just, as you're talking about that, my mind is racing. But, you know, I can't go any further because I'm hearing the music, and that means it's time for Rick's Quote of the Week. Okay, Rick, what you got for us? Well, we're talking about dip, spiritual disciplines and, yeah. and how important those are to connect us to Jesus and to help us stay connected in a relationship with Him. And I love Craig Groeschel has a wonderful quote about about discipline, just the disciplines in our life. Here's the quote. Discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now. Ooh. Now that's important because right now we we may want to do. But what do you want most? Okay, I want to be like Jesus, okay? Uh Then do what you need to do, and that is be with Jesus. Be before you do. The doing always is a byproduct of being with Jesus. That's awesome. Ah, love that quote. Love that Craig Groeschel. He's smart cookie. Well, Rick, what else is going on here at Grace? Well, next week with our red letter challenge, we're gonna we're gonna um, we're gonna take on a topic that everybody needs and nobody likes: forgiving. Oh, forgiving. Now we want to be forgiven. Yes, of course. But when I'm wronged, I want justice. That's right. I want vengeance. <laughs> but we're gonna learn how. The, the, the red letters of Jesus will free us 
from a life of misery and anger and bitterness. We're going to look at we're going to look at one of these parables, yeah. and uh, I want to encourage people to come. It it, it will liberate. Uh, it will absolutely set a person free in life when you learn the red letters about forgiving. Mm. Yeah. Hey, we're also I want to invite people to come Sunday. It's Baptism Sunday. <laughs> And uh, we're going to have a number of people who are baptized. Some people have never witnessed Christian baptism. Yeah. So come Sunday morning to Grace, and you will witness a number of people who are being baptized into Christ. And we, yeah. for us, you got to realize it is not a somber, serious moment. It's a celebration. That's so right. people, people laugh and they cheer and they clap when people are baptized, and That's people right. take pictures. And we love it. It's going to be a great celebration. Come on out and enjoy Baptism Sunday. Fantastic. Well, Rick, thanks so much for your time. Audience, thank you so much for joining us on The Living Your Dash. Please come back and listen to us again. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope that you've been encouraged and better informed. We love to get feedback, so send us an email with your comments and suggestions to info at rosalgrace.com. If you like what we're doing here at Living Your Dash, please hit the subscribe button, leave us a review on your platform, and share this with your friends. For more information about Grace Community Church, please point your browser to rosalgrace.com. Until next time, I'm Marie, and this is Living Your Dash.